A couple of years ago, we did a short study on the book of Malachi, which included the godly remnant of Israel. We are at present going through the book of Joel. As you are aware, Joel looks forward to the day of the Lord. And last week we also looked forward to the defeat of the northern invader and his confederates at the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the great tribulation when Christ returns to this earth with his saints. And so we thought for those who have not heard this CD before, and even for those who have, we would slip it in here. I wonder if any of you looked into Midrash as we suggested last week. And also, we will take this opportunity just to say how grateful to God we are for all of you who faithfully continue to listen to our broadcasts. May God bless you all and protect you and your families during this time of coronavirus. Someday, we believe perhaps sooner than we think, we will all be called up to glory. It will be a wonderful meeting, especially meeting all of you. I can't wait. And so we will now carry on with the godly remnant of Israel and the soon coming day of vengeance of our God. It is quite a long talk, so uh, have a flask of coffee ready. God bless you all. Good morning. We said last week that we would probably look at the remnant of Israel, the Jewish remnant which is mentioned in Scripture. And the study of the Jewish remnant is quite fascinating and much too exhaustive for me to attempt to cover. However, perhaps through this simple effort it may encourage you to continue to explore this solemn, challenging and absorbing subject. Today of necessity we will have some very long readings from the Word of God. As we look through the history of the children of Israel from the time they were redeemed from Egypt, their amazing journey through the wilderness under Moses, then continued under Joshua into the Promised Land. Their lives through the judges and the kings, the dividing of the tribes into two separate kingdoms, the capture of the ten tribes and their transport into Assyria, never to return until a future time. The eventual defeat of the remaining two tribes by Nebuchadnezzar and their 70 year sojourn in Babylon. Their eventual free return to Israel something unheard of in history 
of a defeated nation receiving their freedom after 70 years. And so on until the birth of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as a baby in Bethlehem. His crucifixion, burial, resurrection and ascension. And the culmination with the destruction of the temple in A.D. 70 and the Jewish dispersal across the world. The Jewish nation, which was recognized as a nation in 1948 and given a homeland, has suffered much at the hand of many people, churches, and nations hated by so many people and for all that they are still God's chosen people so called reformed evangelicals together with another mixed assortment of churches believe that God has finished with the Jews and has transferred his affections from Israel to them. What they are saying of course is that God has reneged on his eternal promises sworn by himself to Israel and so now agrees to the wishes of this motley group of self-made clerics. And as we look at the witness in the world of these churches one wonders why they think God would link up with them and that they are so special that he would support and adopt them as his chosen people. Now the Bible clearly states that there is and always will be a remnant of faithful God-fearing Jews through whom God will fulfill his eternal promises through time and for eternity. We read in the Old Testament, for instance in Genesis 17, Genesis chapter 17, many places elsewhere. But here's the quote. And when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face and talked and God talked with him saying as for me behold my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations neither shall thy name any more be called Abram but thy name shall be Abraham for a father of many nations will I make thee and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of thee 
and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God Genesis 12 verses 2 and 3 Genesis 12 verse 2 And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. <coughs> now, throughout their journey from leaving Egypt, the children of Israel constantly disobeyed, rebelled, misbehaved and displeased their God and Redeemer by constantly sinning and copying the lifestyles, worship and customs of the pagan nations, their neighbours. A sample of the situation in which they were behaving and disobeying God can be seen in Isaiah chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 1. We will read the chapter in a moment First look, when you have it out, at verses 9 and 10. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Two amazing verses. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. Here we have Israel being aligned with in God's words, in line with the rulers of Sodom and rulers of Gomorrah. So, let's read Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 1. Isaiah starts off uh, straight away without any great introduction as to the situation of Israel and how they had displeased and turned from God. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah 
and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. What a thing for God to have to say. He hath brought and nourished the children of Israel, redeemed them out of Egypt. They have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. A sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel with anger. They are gone away backward. Why should ye be stricken any more? Ye will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Nothing has been done to improve their sinful condition. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Then we have these two verses we read earlier. Except the Lord of hosts hath left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me, saith the Lord? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams, and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of lambs, or of he-goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to treat my courts? Bring no more vain oblations, incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it is iniquity, even 
the solemn meeting, everything offended God. Your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. And then God says, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. All the things that they had not been doing, God says, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Go on to verse 21. How is the faithful city become an harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, thine wine mixed with water. Everything was polluted. Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves, walking with the wrong people. Everyone loveth gifts, all out to receive bribes, and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. And on to verse 28. And the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together. And they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. What a litany of evil. What a wondrous thing for God to say in the middle of this, in the middle of all this, Come, let us reason together, said the Lord. But they would have none of it. We will look at some occasions of remnants in Scripture. There has always throughout Scripture been a godly remnant, even though Israel has failed so often and gone deeply very deeply into sin. You know, a few weeks ago, we spoke of the two witnesses 
in Revelation, referred to in Malachi, in our, that one of the last few verses of Malachi. One of these was Elijah, a famous prophet of old. And he had appeared when Christ was transfigured before the three disciples, along with Moses. Now, there are many references to the godly remnant of Israel, whom God shall call and preserve. And so there was a godly remnant in Elijah's day. You may recall the situation. The ten tribes had totally gone away from God. And Ahab and his wife, Queen Jezebel, were totally into Baal worship and had threatened to have Elijah killed by the next day. Elijah had to flee from them for his life. He complained to God that he was on his own. But God revealed his godly remnant. I'm going to read Kings chapter 19 verse 1. Kings chapter 19 verse 1. Quite a long passage again. Verse 1. And they have told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He had killed all her she he had killed all her prophets prophets of Baal. So Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow, about this time. 24 hours notice that he was going to be assassinated. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. He was at his wit's end. Wanted God to take him away. It is enough now. O Lord, take away my life. For I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights in, unto Horeb, the mount of God. 
Wasn't that a good place to go? The place where God was. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets, with the sword and I even I only am left I'm the only one left who's complaining to God he'd worked hard for God and I'm you've slain your prophets and I'm the only one left and I even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth, God said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind and earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him, and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, and he repeated what he had said previously, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. The Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, is shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Maholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay. And him that escaped the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. And then God reveals to Elijah, Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, 
all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him, kissed Baal. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Japheth, who was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth and Elijah passed by him, and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen, and ran after Elijah, and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And Elijah said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him, and took a yoke of oxen, and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose, and went after Elijah, and ministered unto him. Here was an amazing story. There was a remnant, a godly remnant in that kingdom, of which it would appear Elijah was not aware. And when he anointed Elijah, Elijah, Elisha, when he anointed Elisha, of course, Elisha was also part of that godly remnant. 7,000 men protected and uh, worshipping God, the God of Israel, and they were that godly remnant. What a wonderful story that. This poor man thought he was on his own. Sometimes, you know, we think that things are bad in the world. Things are bad in the Christian world, and they are. But thank God there are still a godly remnant of people who still have not bowed the knee to ecumenism and all these false teachings which we see around today. Let's take another example of God preparing a godly remnant. Here again we're going to read a fair few verses of scripture. Go to Ezekiel. We have a wonderful example of God preserving a godly remnant in Israel. Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel 8 and verse 1. And it came to pass in the sixth year in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in mine house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord God fell there upon me. Then I beheld, and lo, a likeness as the appearance of fire from the appearance of his loins even downward, fire, and from his loins even upward, 
as the appearance of brightness, as the colour of amber. What a wonderful vision he had of this angel. And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by a lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem, to the door of the inner gate that looked toward the north, where was the seat of the image of jealousy, which provoketh to jealousy. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel was there, according to the vision that I saw in the plain. Then said he unto me, Son of man, lift up thine eyes now the way toward the north. Badness, the evil in scriptures, comes from the north. So I lifted up mine eyes the way toward the north, and behold, northward at the gate of the altar, this image of jealousy in the entry. He said furthermore unto me, Son of man, seest thou what they do? Even the great abominations that the house of Israel committed there, that I should go far off from my sanctuary. But turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. God was going to move away from his sanctuary. And he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall. Then said he unto me, said unto me, Son of man, dig now in the wall. And when I had digged in the wall, behold, a door. And he said unto me, Go in, and behold the wicked abominations that they do there. So I went in and saw, and behold, every form of creeping things, and abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed upon the wall round about. All these abominations were in the house of the Lord. And there stood before them seventy men of the ancients of the house of Israel, and in the midst of them stood Jazanel, the son of Shaphan, with every man his censer in his hand, and a thick cloud of incense went up. Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say, the Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. How deeply Israel had gone into sin in this vision. And he said also unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the gate, the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping 
for Tammuz. Tammuz was a female idol and usually had a baby in her arms. I wonder what that would reflect today. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord, and their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun toward the east. Their backs were toward the altar of the Lord. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of, his, of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. They do some form of uh, imagery provoking the Lord to anger. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. This was a picture of what Israel was like in the days of Ezekiel. We go on to see what about was there a godly remnant even in the midst of all the, those abominations. So look on into Ezekiel chapter 9. And this is very sobering. He cried also in mine ears with a loud voice. This vision, this angel he had seen in the vision. The angel cried with a loud voice saying, Cause them that charge over the city to draw near. Cause them that have charge over the city to draw near even every man with his destroying weapon in his hand. And behold, six men came from the way of the higher gate, which lieth towards the north, and every man a slaughter weapon in his hand. And one man among them was clothed with linen, with a writer's inkhorn by his side, and they went in and stood beside the brazen altar. And the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub, whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man 
clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Go through the city and set a mark on the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry before the Lord for all the abominations that be done in the midst of the city. And to the others he said, In mine hearing, Go ye after him through the city, and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women. But come not near any man upon whom is the mark, and begin at my sanctuary. Where was it starting? It was starting in the house of God. Those who were committing those abominations. And he said unto them, And they began at the ancient men which were before the house. Begin at my sanctuary. And they began at the ancient house which were before the house. And he said unto them, Defile the house and fill the courts with the slain. Go ye forth. And they went forth and slew in the city. And it came to pass while they were slaying them, and I was left, that I fell upon my face, and cried, and said, Ah, Lord God, wilt thou destroy all the residue of Israel in thy pouring out of thy fury upon Jerusalem? Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. For they say, The Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. And as for me also, mine eye shall not spare, neither will I have pity, but I will recompense their way upon their head. And behold, the man clothed with linen and with the inkhorn by his side reported the matter, saying, I have done as thou hast commanded. The situation in Israel was dire. God here was going to punish Israel and Judah for their sin. But the remnant within the city who still worship God were being preserved. They went through the city and put a mark on those that sighed and cried for the abominations 
that are going on in the land. Today, God is looking for Christians, for believers who will sigh and cry for the abominations being done in our world and in our churches, our schools, our governments. In fact, everywhere, God wants us to be ambassadors for Christ on this earth. Do we sigh and cry as we look across the world these days? And yet, there was a remnant always there for Israel. In Isaiah chapter 11, there are a couple of verses there which show a slight improvement in the people. Isaiah 11, verse 11 and 12. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. God is collecting the God-fearing remnant in these verses of Israel. And then we have that passage which we read a few times recently regarding the judging of the nations in Joel. Joel chapter 2 and verse 32 then a couple of verses in Joel chapter 3. Joel chapter 2 verse 32 and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. And behold, in those days, in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. And I will also gather all nations and bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. There will be a godly remnant in those days. When God is judging the nations, we have looked at that, those passages where God, Jesus Christ appears and he sets up his throne in Jerusalem and judges the nations who have mistreated and ill-treated his people, Israel. Now we have many instances to indicate that many of the returning Jews to their land 
may be returning in unbelief. An unbelieving remnant, these may, may be judged and destroyed along with other unbelievers in these end times. Those, for instance, who have made an agreement with the Antichrist and will be judged and destroyed. In fact, one-third of all the Jews will eventually be spared. Two-thirds will be judged and destroyed. If you look at Zechariah, go to Zechariah chapter 13. Zechariah chapter 13, and two verses there just... Uh, in fact, we go back to 7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd, and the sheep, the sheep shall be scattered, and I will turn mine hand upon the little ones. And it shall come to pass that in all the land, saith the Lord, Two parts therein shall be cut off and die, but the third shall be left therein. And I will bring the third part through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, The Lord is my God. Now, in that passage, which we have read in Isaiah chapter 1, it's a very solemn, and a very solemn statement occurs. We read it, we read it twice. It says, The rulers of Jerusalem are called, Ye rulers of Sodom, give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. This is altogether very sad and needs our consideration. The rulers of Israel, the rulers of Jerusalem, were being called the rulers of Sodom and Gomorrah. Israel had sunk extremely low in God's eyes. The gates of Jerusalem were said in scripture to be gates of praise to God. And the walls of Jerusalem were to the world and to the glory of God walls of salvation. Walls of salvation and gates of praise. How low they had sunk. The city of God. Jerusalem. Now I want to turn to Matthew 24 just for a few moments. Matthew 24 
And this amazing discourse made by Jesus to his Jewish disciples. Part of the small remnant who followed Jesus during his sojourn on earth. And who would eventually become the beginning of his church on earth. Incidentally, it is important to realize that Jesus was speaking to a Jewish group who had no knowledge at this stage of the church, which was still at this stage hid in God. It was only after the crucifixion and ascension of our Lord when the Holy Spirit would descend into all believers at Pentecost. Something the disciples were not privy to at this time. They will probably know what Daniel had prophesied in Daniel 9.26, but did not understand how or where this would occur. And after the 62 weeks shall Messiah be cut off, and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with an overflow. And unto the end war. The desolations determined. They would have known about this. But they would not have understood it. In the sense of the uh, Messiah being crucified. And the uh, destruction which would follow. So we're going to look at a couple of verses in Matthew chapter 23 and uh, Matthew and Luke then uh, chapter well we'll see it in a minute 17. In Matthew 23 Jesus is very severe on the religious leaders of the day he says behold I send Matthew 23 and verse 34 verse 34 behold I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes and some of them ye shall kill and crucify and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city what did Paul do Paul was one of these people at an early stage who went about persecuting the Christians. And upon you come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth. And from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, the son of Bacarius, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Wonderful how sad Jesus wept over Jerusalem who had rejected him and who very soon 
would crucify him. They wouldn't follow him. It's interesting that Jesus says, As a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but ye would not. He doesn't say ye could not. He says ye would not. God has given each man a will and it is up to us to yield to his pleas and to his demands. He didn't say ye could not. He says ye would not. Behold your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you ye shall not see me henceforth till ye shall say blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And then on into chapter uh, 24. Very solemn the opening verse of this uh, chapter. Just come, and he had said that he had wept over Jerusalem, and they would they had deserted him, they had refused him, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, never to enter it again. What a sad thing for Israel. They would not yield to his kingship over them. And then he left the temple. Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And then Jesus goes on and in verse 21 he says And then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, for Israel's sake, those days shall be shortened. This whole chapter should be studied. But just a couple of points in relation to what was said about Israel back in Isaiah. They were equated to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then go on to verse 26 of Matthew chapter 24. The day is coming. Jesus said, of that day the hour knoweth no man no not the angels of heaven but my father only but he gives certain signs here as to uh, what these disciples should expect but as in the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man if we see these signs happening as they were in the days of Noah, then there will be some indication as to the coming of the Son of Man to the earth in his second advent. 
For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Now we go over to Luke chapter 17. Another report on the speech that Jesus gave. That wonderful discourse. Luke 17 verse 26 And as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man they did eat they drank they married wives they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. We have seen how Jerusalem was as Sodom and Gomorrah in the first chapter of Isaiah. In the days that the Son of Man shall come. And leading up to that, to the great tribulation. Our Lord once again prophesies here that the world will be as it was when Noah lived on earth before the flood. We know that the world then was exceedingly wicked. Jerusalem in Isaiah's time was exceedingly wicked. Jesus says, the world at this time will be exceedingly wicked. We look around our world today. What is it like? It is exceedingly wicked. And then we read in Luke 17, 27 and 28. The difference was that in Lot's day no marriage is mentioned. Homosexuality was rife. What is our world like today? It is exceedingly wicked. And homosexuality, lesbianism and transgenderism and all types of immorality is rampant. Child molestation and paedophilia are unrestrained 
everywhere. How are we surprised at the conditions in our world? Perhaps you are. But why? It is prophesied. And a sign that the rapture is getting so much nearer. Because the rapture must come before the Son of Man comes to the earth for his second advent. It is prophesied. Are you ready? Are you ready? May God help us all to be reliable and forthright ambassadors for him. Surely the world will not suffer the judgments which are prophesied. It's interesting that in Jeremiah, just some finally on this, in Jeremiah 15, verse 1, just before the time when Israel was taken into captivity, in Babylon. Jeremiah just couldn't understand it. Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel, even if Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass, if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? For then thou shalt say to them, Thus saith the Lord, Such as are for death to death, and such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. And I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. And I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth, because of Manasseh the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. For who shall have pity on thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. They are gone backward. Therefore will I stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. We saw in Malachi that God was weary with the people as we studied the book of Malachi. God is weary of the repenting of this world. Judgment is coming. But thank God, the rapture of the church will come and we will be taken to be with him. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life and shall not come 
into judgment, but is passed from death unto life. We were reading a little tract before we started this little talk, and it said here, are we whitewashed? Are we washed white? Are we washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? What can wash away my stain? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my cleansing, this I see. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon, this my plea. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Naught of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. He is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other peace I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Are you washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he all your hope and peace? Is he all your righteousness the blood of Jesus Christ God's Son cleanses us from all sin 